0: Fight Back with Libby Nimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown.
1: TTC CEO Andy Byford calls it the biggest change to King Street in a generation. The King Street Pilot Project begins next month. And Byford says he is confident the changes will improve the TTC's busiest surface route and may actually increase the number of people taking transit on King Street. TTC commissioners have approved a set of guidelines by which they will monitor the success of the pilot. And joining us in the studio to discuss, transit advocate Steve Monroe. Thanks for coming in, Steve. You're welcome. Now, as a transit rider, and I know you ride the king car, uh, you must be happy about this pilot project. Well, it's, it's kind
2: of a glass-half-full, glass-half-empty situation, because I'm, I'm glad that the, uh, the city is taking seriously that transit's an important part of the street. Uh, too much has been focused on general road traffic, but there are other people out there. There are pedestrians, there are cyclists, there's transit riders who are far more numerous than people driving down the street. So that's that's the important part, and that's the glass half-full part. The glass half-empty part is that The plans for King Street have gone through a number of of iterations. Uh, I sat on a stakeholders advisory committee meeting and saw the, you know, sort of the first version and then the second version and the third version. And the third version was a watered down version of what had been, what to me looked like a really good plan and some of the best parts were taken out of it basically to make it politically acceptable.
1: And now, is that what we're going to see as the, and it, the and final? And it's
2: version 3 is the, is the one that we're getting. Okay. Now, maybe we'll be lucky and they'll say next year after they, it's been there for a while and, and the sky hasn't fallen, let's try putting in some of the other elements, but that remains to be seen.
1: Okay, before we go to the phones, and let me give you the numbers. 416 Toll-free 866 740 Give us a visual uh, on what I know it's not finalized final, but give us a visual on what King Street is going to look like between Bathurst all the way over to Jarvis.
2: Well, uh, this is interesting doing on radio because there's no visuals. Um, Basically, if you imagine the street that chunk of street uh, segmented into blocks that are maybe one or two actual road blocks long. It varies. One is from Jarvis, one chunk's from Jarvis over to about Young, another chunk, you know, uh, Young to York. But basically you you have the streets segmented and the road, the regulations, the whole layout of the road will be set up to prevent uh, auto traffic from going straight through from one segment to the other. Transit will be able to go straight through Late in the evening, taxis will be able to go straight through. But otherwise, the street is is intended only for local traffic that comes on at the entry point to each segment and turns off again at the exit point.
1: So as a driver, you will no longer be able to turn left on King Street. Is that yeah, right? Th-
2: uh, there will be no left turns right. off of King Street. It will all be right on, right off.
1: And how will you be forced to turn right at the end of each major well, block? that's... That's
2: one of the interesting tricks it, 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 if, it's a, if it's a block that ends where there's a transit stop. So think of Young Street, for example. Um, forcing motorists to turn will be comparatively easy because what, the, what is going to happen, the streetcar stops now are what are called nearside. In other words, the streetcar stops before the traffic light. In both directions, the stops will be switched so that they're on the far side of the intersection, and there will be a Jersey barrier, and they're going to put some nice artwork on the on the barrier so that it doesn't look too, you know, like ugly barrier dropped in the middle of the road. Uh, the, 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 the transit stop being on the far side will allow them to block off the curb lane. So, so a, a car coming west on King Street will mm-hmm. have to turn right because there will be no curb lane on the other side to use.
1: Okay and 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 how um how much is involved in in making the changes to King Street Well um because this is a trial
2: uh it's it's being done as um, simply in the, in, like in a construction sense, they're not going to dig holes in the road and, and put down you know, permanent changes the way, for example, Queen's Key was rebuilt a few years ago. Uh, any changes that will be made will be made either by dropping in Jersey barriers or one of the things they've talked about for next spring uh, is putting in road planters, which is the kind of thing, for example, it was used around TIF when King Street was closed off. So you, you put in stuff. That, that you make it look as nice as, it can, as you can, but if you need to pick it up and take it away, all you have to do is show up with a truck and a crane and it's gone.
1: Okay. 416 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. I guess your perspective on the King Street Pilot Project depends on whether you are a transit rider or a motorist or a pedestrian or a cyclist. If you're a driver, are you feeling the squeeze as a motorist? You're effectively being encouraged to take other routes other than King Street. And with the bike lanes up on Bloor Street, maybe you're starting to feel like driving into the city is not something you are likely to do, and maybe feeling that that is a bit unfair as a motorist because that may be your mode of transportation. If you're a transit rider, and here in Liberty Village, uh, the king car rolls through, uh, rolls through very slowly, Steve, as a result of all the people. It is the only mode of transportation at the moment for people in Liberty Village to get into downtown, uh, other than Ubers and cars and bikes. Uh, And maybe this is going to make your life a whole lot easier because the flow for the streetcars will be smoother. I mean, there's no doubt about it, Steve.
2: Well, again, this is a yes and no kind of answer. Um, In the afternoon rush hour, people are coming out of downtown. So problems that people see with congestion on King Street and streetcars kind of poking their way along to get out of the core area, that should be improved because of, of diverting traffic off of King Street. But in the morning rush hour, the, the streetcars that people are waiting for are coming from Roncesvalles Avenue and in through Parkdale. And that has that's completely outside of the pilot area. So that will be exactly the same as it is today. The only potential improvement is if the pilot downtown makes such a brilliant change in how the King Car operates that by the end of the morning rush hour, the service is still sort of Better shape than it is today. People traveling late in the morning rush hour might see an improvement, right. but I'm but I'm still waiting to actually see that happen.
1: So what you're saying is that the pilot project should maybe go farther west than Bathurst.
2: Yeah, but that becomes tricky because there are no parallel streets. Though you don't have Richmond, Adelaide, front west right. of Bathurst the way you do east of
1: Bathurst. Right. So try it to Bathurst first, and then we see what, see what we'll see what go from there. Now. TTC commissioners have approved some guidelines, um, two of which are. Uh, they want to know and they're going to be determining through this project the time it takes streetcars to get across downtown and whether ridership goes up. Yeah. The, uh, the, the,
2: the running time will be an interesting point uh, because one of the things that, that, that happens on King Street today – is there's actually a huge difference in the time it takes. And the, we were talking before we came on air about you never really know. You go out there and one day you might have a nice fast trip, the streetcar shows up right away, it f- sails down the street. Another day you stand there and wait forever and the streetcar shows up and you can't get on and so forth and so on. Um, there's, There are a lot of issues where, for example, um, we already know that Fridays are worse than Mondays, so there's a variation during the week. Well, okay, will will the traffic pattern that, that makes that happen, is that going to be sort of elbowed off of King Street so that King becomes more reliable all five weekdays? Um, too often you'll see curb lanes, and this is not just in the pilot area, but outside the pilot area, with delivery vans, uh, there's also problems where there are construction sites uh, for condos that take over the curb lane. That's one of the issues that uh, John Tory has raised is the question of all of the construction occupancies. And it affects the King Street project because there's so much condo construction going on on the parallel streets to King, such as Adelaide, that take lanes out of those streets that ideally should be available to take over the, You know what we're going to – push off King Street. So it's one of these things that doesn't just, it's not just the little piece of King Street, but the many other streets, you know, up to Queen and down to front that all the traffic's got to shuffle around between.
1: And that will be part of the assessment as well as what's happening to those parallel routes. Yeah, that's
2: that's an important part of what the city's going to be looking at is things like um, how how many more turns are created because now, of course, because people can't drive straight across King, how much more traffic is generated at intersections with people turning on and off King at the various segments.
1: I'm with transit advocate Steve Monroe here uh, at the Zoom Reflex on Fight Back Zoomer Radio. Uh, you're welcome to call in if you're feeling the squeeze as a driver or you're thinking, you know what, if they make transit quick and smooth along King Street through the downtown core, maybe I'll park and take the streetcar downtown. What are you thinking about this? We all need to get around downtown. Uh, we all have our thoughts about uh, the best way to do that. 416 Three six zero zero seven forty toll free 1 740 4740. Steve, the TTC says they will release monthly updates on commute time, streetcar reliability, and ridership once the pilot begins. What's that going to look like?
2: Well, uh, they have, it was in, in the report that came out uh, yesterday, they have a, a, a sample chart. That will show, you know, if basically it's kind of like an overblown, you know, weather map or economic forecast of all the different indices they want to look at. Uh, one concern I have with, you know, execs and politicians love dashboards, which simplify everything down so it will all fit on one page. And some of this analysis really deserves a deeper view than one page. So, for example, it, it is if simply if you average something over one day. Well, what happens at 5 o'clock is not the same as what happens at 4 o'clock or at 2 o'clock in the morning. And what happens day to day is also a variation. So it will be important not just to say, hey, here are the average numbers, but how often do the numbers go really off kilter? Because um, a common problem, when people talk about, the TTC loves to talk about how reliable the system has become. And the real issue is, is it has to be so reliable that you rarely encounter a problem because it's the problem that you hit maybe once a week or maybe even once every two weeks if the system is good. That's the one you remember. Mm -hmm. So if you've got problems happening every couple of days that affect people – their view of the line is going to be it's not reliable because often enough they go out to use it and the service isn't there or it's overcrowded.
1: Steve, before we change topics, um, we've talked about uh, transit riders and motorists. What about pedestrians? How will this initial pilot project affect those who who walk? Yeah, The,
2: the major change for pedestrians will be that at some point, Places along King, again, it's one of these things that varies from segment to segment. There'll be more sidewalk space. There are places where the sidewalk will be extended out into the curb lane. That's particularly true at transit stops. So people who are waiting for a streetcar, instead of basically clustering and taking up space between the buildings, which at some places are right at the sidewalk line, there's no plaza. Uh, where the car stops, where the car stops are, uh, people waiting for the streetcar will be able to be clear of the general pedestrian circulation. But that's one of these things that that the that the the design work looked at on a block-by-block basis because some places you have a building setback and there's lots of room for pedestrians. Other places you want to create a bit more area. In areas, once you get west of University Avenue, you into the theater district and the restaurant district. Mm -hmm. So to what extent can the sidewalk be extended out, which then provides for patios on the sidewalk in front of restaurants, that that kind of detail.
1: Let's go to Tim in Brampton uh, before we change topics. Tim, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back.
3: Yeah, I worked in Toronto in the mid-70s when Crombie was mayor, and all I heard then was nobody in Toronto wanted people coming in from outside of Toronto. And I talked to Crombie about it, and he said it'll never happen. All I've heard on your station in the last year is uh, get rid of the cars, get rid of the cars. Why don't you block off a section of Toronto and say there's no cars allowed in there unless you live in that area? And if you do, just stop and think of what's going to happen to your hockey center, your baseball center, your theaters, because I haven't driven down Toronto any more than I have to in the last 20 years, and I now if I go down once a year, I'm lucky, or you're lucky, whichever way you look at it.
1: So you feel you feel as if going uh, towards a transit city, so to speak, is not in the best interest of Toronto. People
4: outside
3: of Toronto, get the hell out of Toronto. Okay, thanks for your call. Let's go to Darko
1: and Etobicoke.
4: Yeah, I don't understand why there's no talk of a subway
3: south of I mean, I'm, For me, it would be Queen Street, because it doesn't matter whether you're, you're downtown or you're in the beach or beaches, you know. Uh, You know, like, you can't park there. There's nothing. But there's never any talk about it. So we get a streetcar off of one of those roads, it's going to be better for a car on that road. And I don't mind. Whatever you want to do with King, do do what you want with King because you've got Adelaide and Richmond whatnot there. Well,
1: that's ultimately what John Tory's Smart Track proposal is all about, isn't it, Steve? That there will be a relief line going through the center of the city. Um, actually, no. Okay. Uh, Smart. It's,
2: there are two separate lines being proposed. Uh, Smart Track runs on the rail corridor, and yes. it's basically additional go trains running uh, from the Stoville line, which comes down through western Scarborough, across the lakeshore, and then up the western corridor. Uh, separate from that is the so-called relief subway line, which in its current proposal would start at Osgoode Station at Queen University, go east along Queen to somewhere east of Parliament. There's, this is one of these dotted lines on the map. Where it, Then we'll head off southeasterly over to go under the Don River and serve the new development that's planned for the Unilever site uh, down at uh, Don Roadway uh, and Lakeshore. Then swing back to the northeast, go up through Pape and Danforth, and eventually go up through Thorncliffe Park, Don Mills and Eglinton, and up to, to Shepherd and Don Mills. I may live to see all of that built. But I'm not holding my
1: breath. I was just going to say, when that day comes, that will be a good day. (laughs) And and as
2: far as a subway going further west on Queen from University, that's another one of those dotted lines, which I think in the current Metrolinx 25-year plan is sort of post-2030-something or other, we might think about that. So I wouldn't hold my breath for a subway replacing the streetcars on Queen Street.
1: Okay, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll continue with your calls. How would you like to see King Street developed if you don't like the idea of the pilot project so far? Which basically is that if you're a driver, you're going to be forced to turn right after every major block, either way between Bathurst and Jarvis, Street cars will get the priority. Do you like the picture? Do you like the idea of a pilot project? Do you like the way the city is going? Or are you feeling squeezed out as a driver? 416-360-0740. Toll free 1-866-740-4740.
0: Fight back with Libby's Neimer on Zoomer Radio with guest host, Jane Brown.
1: We're getting so many calls about uh, the King Street pilot project that we're going to put off our discussion until tomorrow when Libby returns about the private members bill at Queen's Park that would require Ontario employers, or at least it would ban them from requiring women employees to wear high heels on the job. So that discussion is coming up tomorrow. In the meantime, we've got Steve Monroe, transit advocate here uh, in studio with us until the top of the hour to talk and discuss discuss further uh, because you want to weigh in on it as well. And we'll go to Michael and Pickering in just a moment here. Steve, what happens if this pilot project is successful? Then what?
2: Well, that's an interesting question because, for example, the Blue Street bike lanes are a good uh, case where the city puts something in as a trial. The, the numbers have come back that it looks very good. The lanes are being used. The impact on businesses is quite tolerable. People like them, and so the recommendation is they were be retained. The same level of detail, actually I think the amount of detail that's going to be collected about King Street is even more extensive than the detail that was collected on Bloor Street for the bike lane pilot. And so we'll, we'll be knowing as we go along what things are working. I think an important point, first of all, before even we get to the end of the one-year pilot, is how quickly the city reacts to any problems that come up. Because the last thing we need is a kind of stone-in-your-shoe situation where there are aspects of the pilot that people say, oh, if only they would change this, and it doesn't happen, and then it gives the pilot a bad name. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the – I mean, part of the timing we're dealing with is that we have an election about a year from now, just at the point that the – the thing's going to end, so I worry that it's going to become a bit of a political football between people who are saying we should make downtown more friendly for pedestrians and transit and cycling, and people who are saying no, no, just open up the roads to motorists and let everybody else fend for themselves. And we
1: know who will have those points of view. We You'll know have
2: perfectly. You will we'll have those. Doug
1: Ford, who's who has announced that he is going to be running against John Tory, who has per- made it perfectly clear he is running for re-election. John Tory is trying to make the city more friendly to everybody mm-hmm. who uses the roads. Uh, Doug Ford and and uh, the Ford Nation people, they want it to be all about the cars, making it life easy and, for, for uh, vehicular drivers. And I'm worried even that John Tory
2: is kind of hedging his bets, because on another station interview this morning, he said basically King Street's a one-off. Well, okay, there are not that many places on the streetcar routes that you could implement this kind of change, but to, to just sort of take that stance at the outset gives a bit of a feel that he's kind of prejudging the outcome.
1: Okay, and or, it's also contradicting what Andy Byford, the TTC CEO, yes. is saying. Yes. I mean, from,
2: from Andy Byford's point of view, this is the kind of thing that really should happen. Now. I have to, One thing I have to say about Andy Byford is that I think there is a role for the TTC here that he's not picking up. The, there's this sort of feeling that King Street will magically be transformed into this transit oasis. Everything will be beautiful. <laughs> well, no, I'm sorry it doesn't quite work like that. First of all, a good deal of the King line is not affected by the pilot. Uh, and there's, there are two big issues on King. One is the reliability of service, which everybody knows is a problem. Uh, And the other is the amount of service. Now, the TTC is tentatively planning to start using new streetcars if Bombardier ever delivers them Mm -hmm. on King Street this fall, which will increase the capacity of the service that's there. But, you know, up till now, uh, the attitude has been, oh, give give us transit priority and we'll be able to improve the capacity of the line without putting more service. I think the TTC has to start advocating saying not just... We'll be able to do more with what we've got, but they really need to start actively talking about running more service on heavy lines like King that have been badly overloaded for years.
1: 416 toll-free 866 740 As promised, Michael and Pickering, it's your turn. Go ahead. Thank you very much.
5: Um, I was listening to one of your callers earlier on. He said you lived in Toronto in the 70s. Um, I originally came from the U.K. in the 70s. I uh, got married in the 80s and moved away from Toronto in 1982. And then I moved to Pickering. That's where I'm calling from now. It, it's wild down there. I had no parking. And you have to park on one side of the street on the 15th of the month. And if you didn't, uh, there was a ticket. It's, it's brutal. Here's the solution. This is what they do in the U.K. I speak to my brother every Saturday after the soccer matches. When you're going to the U.K. from Monday to Friday on a work day, the, the, they charge you a toll. And when you come out, they charge you a toll. So you pay going in and you pay going out and you pay parking when you're there. You want to cut back in traffic. It's all of the stuff we're listening to the politicians ever, forever and ever. It's just not going to happen. The bike lanes are getting knocked down. Old people are getting knocked down crossing the streets. Mm -hmm. You have to cut back on the traffic. You have to say no more cars. And if you do, you got to pay.
1: Okay, Michael. Thanks uh, for your comments. We always enjoy your calls to fight back. What do you think about that, Steve? Make it more expensive for drivers to come downtown. We know that John Tory's bid for tolls failed at Queens Park, so not likely to happen anytime soon.
2: I, I wouldn't hold my breath for it. There's, I mean, there's another issue because um, we you were asking or we were talking earlier about you know whether this could be expanded to other areas. This is not an issue just for a little piece of King Street. And obviously you can't just, you know, banning cars, say we banned cars completely from that stretch of King. Yeah, okay, the world would not end. But the further out you take the, the boundary, the larger the effects are. And it's not, it's not. Um, I mean, one big important distinction is that King Street, even right downtown, is becoming a residential district, not just a business district. That's one point. The other issue, using London and the congestion charge for entering downtown uh, that was imposed, London has a much more extensive set of subway lines oh, yes. downtown Yes, um, in the area that's covered by the congestion charge. And so getting around, the alternative to getting around is much better. As things currently stand, I don't think the TTC could feel the level of service that would be needed. You know, if you were to make the conscious decision you're going to serve down the core of Toronto only with transit, leaving aside how you would deal with all the people living there and the businesses, the TTC is in no position to provide that level of service. So I think, you know, talking about tolls, it's sort of nice to point to London, but it's, it's an unusual situation that can't be replicated here.
1: Okay, let's go to Phil in Queensville. Phil, where is Queensville?
4: <laughs> uh, Queensville is about 10 minutes north of Newmarket, straight up Woodbine. Okay. so Leslie area.
1: Well, thanks for calling in. Your comment today?
4: Yeah, I work for a small uh, company that does deliveries down in there, like it's an organic food company. And we have enough trouble getting around there the way it is. If they ever did put a toll in there, it would basically kill a lot of our business down there. I mean, I can understand what they're trying to do, and I applaud them for their attempts at it. But we're already having a huge uh, issue with trying to get down and around the downtown area with our deliveries. And this could just uh, heighten and increase it. That's all. And and you're saying
1: that it might put your company in financial distress if you had to pay this toll every day.
4: Well, I know that we'd have to put our prices up and then we wouldn't be able to compete with others that are closer to Toronto. And we would probably end up losing customers.
1: Yes. No, that makes sense. It is the ripple effect. Phil, thanks for calling in.
4: Yeah, thank you very much for taking my call.
1: I've got just a couple more minutes here if you want to phone in. 416 740 toll-free 866 740 Steve and Markham, welcome to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back. What's your comment today?
5: Hey, Jay. A couple of months ago they said that there was a survey done and there were 65,000 people using the King Line. Yes. So that means 500 streetcars going westbound and 500 eastbound with with sixty five passengers
1: on them? Okay, let's Give get me a break. Okay, well Steve is the expert. Let's talk to Steve about that. The riders and the number of streetcars. Okay. Sixty five thousand
2: is uh, the number of people who use the line on an all day basis. Um, and the, another important thing about King—King King is actually, if you're a transit junkie, is, a, is, a, is an interesting line because it's actually made up of several overlapping—as as if there were several separate lines all overlapping. People who live in Parkdale, for example— There's a strong demand between Parkdale and Roncesvalles Avenue and Dundas West Station. There's all of the demand between Liberty Village and downtown Toronto. There's the demand that goes east to the St. Lawrence area and, you know, Parliament Street and now over to uh, the distillery district. And, of course, finally, there's Broadview Avenue, which is where I live. Those are all overlapping neighbourhoods and they each have their demand pattern. Liberty Village is fascinating because you can actually see in the morning rush hour there are lineups of people waiting to get on King Cars outbound from downtown commuting out to Liberty Village because there's so many jobs here. So when you talk about 65,000 people, it's not they're all trying to get to King and Young in one hour in the rush hour. They're traveling all over the line at all different times of day. Uh, And that's one of the issues that came up with the whole design of this thing, with it being an all-day Uh, An all-day pedestrian transit reserved lane because it's not just two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. Middle of the day, evenings, weekends, King Street is a very busy street.
1: Right. You've got a lot of people, creative people here in Liberty Village, and their hours are all over the map. All over the map. Not your typical nine-to-fivers. Yep. Steve, thank you for coming in. We will uh, discuss this and other transit projects. We'll be sitting here in a year from now talking about how well it went. Did it work? Yes. Did it work? Steve Monroe, transit advocate, joining us here in the Zoomerplex today. A couple of thank yous to pass along. Producer Michelle Saunders, as always. Technical producer Mirna Trogolich, her first solo effort as our new technical producer. Way to go, Mirna. And Bob Komczyk is coming up next with Zoomer Radio News here on Zoomer Radio.